Chapter 6 The Shaking and Judgment Begin And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I not make thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him, and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose, and he did eat and drink, and went into the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came hither unto a cave, and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in the pieces of rock before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of the Lord have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazal to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, 
shalt thou appoint to be a king over Israel, and Elijah, the son of Saphat of Abel-Maholah, shalt thou anoint to be thy prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazal shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elijah slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. First Kings chapter 19 verses 1 through 18 In the transfiguration of our Lord, the two men who appeared and talked with him were Moses and Elijah. Luke chapter 9 verse 30 and following. Here it is Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, who appears to strengthen Elijah. 1 Kings 19.7 Isaiah 63 and verse 9 It is a mistake to assume that the events of this passage followed immediately after the miracle of Mount Carmel. The amazing miracle on the mountain had an immediate impact on the men of Israel. As the days wore on, their religiosity waned, and no doubt the memory of their early reaction was an embarrassment. In 1971, a damaging earthquake hit Southern California and Los Angeles County. For many days, and even weeks, it was a topic common of discussion, in-store checkout lines, among friends, acquaintances, and so on. The easy humanism of most was temporarily broken. Man and the world to be teetering on thin ice which could break without warning. Then the old humanistic unconcern reasserted itself, and the earlier fears gave way to an increasing rare memory of the earthquake, and a memory then sometimes tinged with amusement. What was Elijah doing after the miracle? He was no doubt preaching the Bible, the Torah. Nothing is more quickly tiresome and annoying to sinners than the law of God. No other gods, honoring parents, no adultery, no false witness, no theft, and so on. Strictly dull subjects as compared to miracles. Also, such a religion was unappealing alongside one which says the effect that man can eat his cake and have it too or that adultery can sometimes be good and a wholesome act, even a religious one. Israel had a bad conscience about Elijah. He was very obviously a remarkable prophet, but a crude one. He lacked the sophistication of the times. Hence, Jezebel, who quickly sensed the changed climate, knew that killing Elijah might be unpopular. It was better to warn him of the impending death sentence and to give him time to escape. But if need be, Jezebel meant to kill him. Elijah knew this, quote, and went for his life, end quote. It was not fear on Elijah's part that led him to flee, but rather discouragement and loss of hope for Israel. 
We must never forget that the prophets loved the covenant and the covenant nation. The sins of Israel and Judah were an intense grief to them. The heart of Elijah's cry to God is not, My life is threatened. Quote, It is enough. Now, Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. End quote. I have no more succeeded than my fathers in the faith and the prophets before me in arresting Israel's apostasy. This is the cause of Elijah's grief and the flagging of his will to live. The covenant people are covenant breakers, and the world is falling under the power of the enemies of God. The covenant people were neither a saved nor a saving people. Elijah left his servant in Judah and went out into the wilderness. At first, Moses led God's people out of Egypt to Mount Sinai, or Horeb, there to receive God's covenant law. The second Moses, Elijah, led Israel to Mount Carmel to witness the God who answers by fire, as he did at Sinai. Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. Moses and Elijah met with the third and great Moses, Jesus Christ, quote, and spake of his decease, literally Exodus, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem, end quote. Luke chapter 9, verse 31. The first Moses gave the law, the second set forth a judgment upon the law. The third set forth the only justification possible for sinful man through law imputation, atonement, and justification. In the wilderness, Elijah is miraculously fed by the third Moses. He is miraculously sustained as he goes to Horeb, or Sinai, to the place where Moses saw God to the cave, and to the mountain. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, and verses 18 through 23. Three great and frightening things followed. Wind, earthquake, and fire. All caused by God. But God was not comprehended in any of them. We are told specifically the Lord was not in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire. Then comes, quote, the still small voice, end quote. First, we are not told the Lord was not in the still small voice, but rather we are told that he is in it. Second, Snaith has pointed out that the Hebrew is literally, quote, a sound of a gentle stillness, i.e., eerie stillness, so still that it can be heard, end quote. The still, small voice has been a favorite text with preachers, but the usual interpretations distort the meaning of this passage. Moreover, 
The plain fact is that both Moses' experience in seeing God and Elijah's are beyond our ability to fathom. We do know that at this point, Elijah came to the mouth of the cave after covering his face. The wind, earthquake, and fire had heralded God's coming. The silence now announced it. Quote, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. End quote. Or, be silent in all the earth before him. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 20. Again comes a question from the Lord. Quote, what does thou hear, Elijah? End quote. And again, Elijah confesses his grief over Israel's apostasy and his feeling of defeat. Those who hold that the still, small voice meant a change of directions for God and more spiritual ways of operation have read the text carelessly. The Lord declares that Israel now faces judgment, invasion by Hazal, a rebellion by Jehu. Elijah's work will be carried on by Elisha. Even more, a remnant remains. Quote, 7,000, end quote, a number of fullness. All of God's elect are there. The future of the covenant is in them. The great wind which broke the rocks, the earthquake, and the fire symbolize the judgment going from the mountain of God, which is the law against covenant-breaking Israel. The Lord is not in Israel, but his judgment shall be. It is Elijah through Elisha who anoints and sets apart the judgment bringers, Hazal and Jehu, and Elijah who anoints Elisha. Anointing means separation to God's use. And we have here a remarkable series of anointings for men who will be Instruments of Judgment Ahab and the covenant-breaking nation shall not prevail. Elijah and the God of the covenant shall. The future belongs to the faithful remnant, who shall in due time inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Psalms chapter 37 verse 11 Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. Meanwhile, everything that exists is undergoing a total shaking, so that the only things which are of the Lord remain. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 through 29. From Sinai and the law from the God of Elijah, the great shaking was going forth. Elijah, on the Mount of Transfiguration, would look back and see its results, and ahead to see the great new covenant world whose prophet he is.